Welcome back to the Trauma-Informed Herbalist Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Guthrie, and today we're going to get into the nervous system and starting to support the system that we normally think of when we think of the body being affected by trauma. Now, before we dig in, I do want to remind you, you can go to traumainformedherbalist.com to order a paperback copy of the book, The Trauma-Informed Herbalist. Or if you need a digital copy of the book, you can go to Amazon and there is an ebook available there. All right, so we've dug into a little bit about the nervous system in previous episodes. We've talked about the polyvagal theory and getting into that ventral vagal state of feeling safe and connected. And I want to talk about several of the herbs that we would normally think of as stress relief or maybe sleepy time herbs. A lot of the times, most of the herbs we're going to talk about today would be classified as nervine herbs. Nervine herbs are herbs that work on the nervous system. A lot of the times we talk about nervine tonics, meaning that it helps to support the nervous system. You'll find a lot of aromatic nervines in teas. So when you go to the grocery store and you see the teas on the shelf, the herbal teas that are on the shelf, or maybe you have an herbalist that is near you that makes different teas for relaxation. Many of those herbs in those teas are going to be nervine herbs. You can sometimes find nervines in tincture form. Sometimes they're in capsules. So there are several different ways to get nervines ingested. If you don't like the taste of them, you can take the capsules. Or maybe if you're concerned about tincture and the alcohol, then you could use them in a tea. So there's different ways that you can get nervines into your body to be able to help with bringing your nervous system back into a state of ventral vagal calmness and connection. If you are taking a lot of psychotropic medications, things that should be helping with your mental health, then you may want to be working directly with a clinical herbalist to figure out which of these will be safest. Many herbs can be used in the correct forms with psychotropic medications, but there are herbs that are contraindicated, and there are some herbs that if you take too much of them with certain medications, it can cause problems. So again, remember, the discussions that we're having here are not supposed to constitute individual advice. I'm trying to help you brainstorm and figure out what might work best for you. One of the things that first started to throw me off when I started having unresolved trauma symptoms was how often different herbs felt different in my body. Before the trauma, there were a lot of stimulating adaptogens, which we will discuss in the next episode. There were stimulating adaptogens that I found very helpful when I would be done working out. There were certain nervine herbs that would help me to relax and go to sleep. But then after the trauma, these stimulating adaptogens actually made me more anxious. And some of these herbs that I was using to go to sleep would actually leave me feeling so groggy the next morning that it was almost like being dissociated. And I don't say this to try to scare you away from using herbs. I don't say this to try to spook anybody out of using something that's been working for them. I'm specifically saying this for those of you who have tried herbs You've been told that they're going to make you feel better and you try something that everybody's recommending and that doesn't do you any good. A lot of the times it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that because you are in the midst of a trauma response, your body is feeling these herbs differently. The nervous system is responding to them differently. 
It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with how you're responding to them. You just are having a different response. Once you know this, then you can start to adjust based off of what you start learning about the herbs. Or you can work with a clinical herbalist. You can work with me if you need to. And we can figure out what's going to work best for you. And once you've found those herbs that are really helpful for you, you're going to feel much better about what you're doing. It's going to click. Things are going to start moving the right direction. And you'll finally be like, aha, I get it. This is why people are so into herbalism. And if you've already found a protocol that works for you, great. Stick with it. But maybe just listen to what I'm talking about over the next couple of episodes and see if there's anything else that maybe could maximize the effectiveness of what you're doing or maybe you swap something out for something that sounds a little bit more like what you need. So let's start with a discussion around nervines. Like I mentioned earlier, nervines are very helpful for the nervous system and nervine tonics are very soothing and help to bring it the nervous system back into that ventral vagal state. When your nervous system is hypersensitive and overreacting to the stimulus around you, Nervines can help to calm that response. This means that you're going to eventually get some better sleep because you're not going to be so hyper aware during the day. There's not going to be that response, that jumpy feeling. So it can help with stress tolerance in general. And you're less likely to get into the freeze response of I can't do this because you're able to tolerate a little bit more on the stress side of things. And because you're getting better sleep and you've reduced stress levels, you're eventually going to get better healing on the physical front as well. So there are some nervines that I see a lot of people have good responses to. This includes skullcap, catnip, and blue vervain. They're very calming, relatively few contraindications, and you'll see them in a lot of blends because they tend to blend easily with other things that have that same kind of relaxing feel. So I've used a lot of common names when talking about these herbs, but this particular form of skullcap that I'm discussing here is Scutellaria laterifolia. It's the Virginia skullcap. There are other forms that have some similar benefits, but for my discussion and what we use tends to be the Virginia version. On top of being good for nervous tension that's being held in the muscles, There are a lot of people that find that it's helpful when they're struggling with addictions that have been exacerbated by their trauma. There's some evidence that it's possibly good for heart-related issues that are coming from stress, but generally I'm seeing it used to help create a calm sleep where people are able to wake up feeling rested. I like to combine it with lemon balm or passion flower or possibly all three of them combined together, depending on the person and their stress level and the things that are happening to them. Catnip is really great when somebody is naturally a little more sensitive to herbs. It's very gentle. You'll see it used in a lot of children's formulas to help them with sleep. And of course, if somebody's a little older and maybe they're a little more frail, it's another herb that you'll see in those formulas as well. I love using catnip because it does have such a good reputation as being a very gentle yet effective option for people. It's also really good for a tummy tea. So if somebody has stress that comes through in the form of digestive upset, 
it can be great in a tummy tea alongside maybe some peppermint, kind of depending on what the other issues are, or fennel, things like that. Blue vervain can also be fantastic when somebody is dealing with unresolved trauma and the response in their body. If somebody has been through a lot of complex trauma, blue vervain is one of my first go-tos for them. Especially if some of their physical symptoms include a lot of nervous tension where they're almost bracing their muscles for an attack, I will tend to turn towards blue vervain. Nervous tension headaches, I like to look at blue vervain as an option. Blue vervain was used by many different Native American tribes for several different ailments. So it has a lot of uses that go beyond the nervous system. But for the purposes of our discussion, I'm thinking of it from the angle of trauma, and we see a lot of the tension side of things. Also, on occasion, if somebody is very angry, if their trauma response in includes a lot of anger, I will sometimes see blue vervain as being a good option for that scenario. So that was skullcap, catnip, and blue vervain. I have some other herbs that I want to share with you, some of which are relatively safe, some of which have a few contraindications. So let's just go ahead and dive in. Those are going to be passionflower, kava, valerian, and hops. And then we'll finish up that discussion with a quick note on lemon balm as well. So passionflower. The common passionflower that you will see is called Passiflora incarnata. But a lot of places have their own local variants. The passionflower that we have here that's native to our area in Alabama is Passiflora lutea, which is yellow. It's very pretty. I'm a huge fan. And when we talk about sleep, sleep has a few different categories. Let, let me just go on this tangent for a second and then we'll get back to the herbs. But when somebody comes to me and they're struggling with sleep and they have a history of trauma, they're dealing with unresolved trauma, I'm still going to approach it the same way I do with most other people. I may recommend different herbs, but I'm going to still have the same approach. Are you having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? If you're having trouble falling asleep, what's causing that? Like, are you having racing thoughts? Are you just staring at the ceiling for hours on end? If you're having trouble staying asleep, what's happening? Are you waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and then you just can't get back to sleep? Or do you just kind of wake up and that's the end of your sleep? Or are you having nightmares that are waking you up? So if we know the different reasons that sleep is elusive for you, then we can more quickly determine what it is that needs to happen to help you sleep better. So passionflower is going to be one of the things that I draw from when somebody tells me that they're struggling with mental chatter before falling asleep. So the racing thoughts, the getting really wound up about stuff, it's usually the reason that people will keep their TV on or they'll scroll Instagram until they're so tired they can't keep their eyes open. They're, they're not doing that for the fun of it. What's happening for a lot of people is they know that if they shut their eyes and they get real still, they're going to have to, to contend with memories or with anxious thoughts. The same kind of things that occur when we're dealing with meditation and somebody is not ready for a real silent meditation. It's just the brain trying to make sure that we're aware of what danger might be around. 
and passion flower can help to calm that response. Now kava. Kava is one of the the plants that gets into a little bit of a gray area for me when it comes to trauma-informed care. Kava is a great nervine, has some good properties, but it does have a little bit of a psychoactive effect. The same thing with Damiana, right? So those particular herbs in the right scenarios can be very helpful and can be considered very safe. But if somebody is struggling with that feeling of being disoriented, especially right after a trauma has occurred or right after they've started remembering parts of a trauma, there can be this sense of being disoriented. Um, I also see it in people when they're dealing with the after effects of being in um, intimate partner abuse scenarios or domestic violence in general where somebody's gaslighted them. When they're trying to reorient to a more realistic worldview, there can be a little added exacerbation to that disorienting feeling. So I rarely use Damiana because for some reason I've seen Damiana give people more trouble. Kava seems to not be as bad on that front. But if you do find yourself struggling with feeling disoriented, you might try something a little bit different and not start with Kava or Damiana. Also, if you're taking benzodiazepines, you don't want to take kava. And if you need something over a longer period of time, you want to shift away from kava into something else. It is more of a short-term herb. Now that I've given a ton of caveats, let me just say, kava can be fantastic for sleep. It can be phenomenal to help to relax the body. And at the same time, bring a sense of, of uplifting to your emotional state. So in the right circumstances, it's a fantastic herb. Let's talk valerian. Valerian is in a lot of, of sleepy time blends. It smells like sour feet. Like I think it just smells horrendous. Um, there is actually a valerian essential oil and it's terrible. <laughs> but yes, valerian is in a lot of the sleepy time teas because it is very good for relaxation and sleep. I also love valerian because there's a time release valerian that's made by Nature Sunshine. And I've never seen Nervines in a time release formula before. And let me tell you, that stuff is amazing. I love it. Caveat. It may not work well for people who are still struggling with traumatic effects on their body if they're having trouble almost vacillating between the dorsal vagal and the sympathetic state where they're in hypoarousal, almost like dis disoriented for a few minutes and then maybe they go into the real jittery, anxious type phase of sympathetic state. If somebody's kind of vacillating between those two states, then I've noticed that valerian, instead of helping to calm them down, can actually exacerbate that feeling of jitteriness. I suspect it's because a person in that state is already so tired and so worn out that they don't need help trying to become more tired. They need help actually shutting the nervous system down. And for some reason, it seems like valerian doesn't help that particular situation. It's not super common, but it's common enough to where I did want to say, like, if you've experienced that, if you've tried valerian, if it's made you jittery, it's okay. I see that sometimes. We just shift to other options. We don't stick with valerian if that happens. And hops is kind of the opposite. Hops has kind of a similar effect to Damiana and Kava, but it's not that, it's not due to psychoactive 
ingredients. It's it's more of just a, a general dampening of a person's energy. And if somebody is struggling with the feeling of being out of their body and floating, I stay away from hops. But when somebody is struggling with a hyper awareness, the hypervigilance that can come from being in that sympathetic nervous system state, hops is amazing for that. I don't usually start my formulas with hops, especially if somebody may be dealing with depression. Sometimes hops can make that kind of thing worse, but in the right circumstances, if we add hops to a formula as we go along, people will get good results out of it. I also wanted to take just a minute and mention lemon balm, Melissa officinalis. There's been a lot of rumor that it can be a problem for somebody who has low thyroid function or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. In a clinical setting, we don't really see that. I know that there's a couple of, of research papers that indicate it might be an issue, but most of those papers were done with cells in a dish, which is very different than what's happening in a human body. From a clinical standpoint, I'm not seeing it. A lot of other clinical herbalists don't see problems coming from lemon balm. If you've had issues with lemon balm in the past, there's probably something else going on that's exacerbating it. I consider lemon balm a very safe, very effective nerving option that can be used in teas. I love a lemon balm glycerite. Matter of fact, I will use lemon balm glycerite to flavor a lot of the tinctures because that glycerin has a very sweet taste to it. So the sour from the lemon balm along with the sweet of the glycerin helps to almost make a cordial type taste to the tinctures. So just be aware that I do think that lemon balm is generally recognized as safe as an herb. Most people will benefit from it like they would lavender, chamomile, peppermint, all the different nervings that we have available to us. Of course, we've talked a lot more about herbs that maybe are for specific situations, but you could really find any kind of tea that has lavender, chamomile, and lemongrass in it, or similar herbs to this, and you would get good results for relaxation and bringing yourself into a place where your sleep is better, where you're better able to respond to the stressors of your day. And again, that's not the same thing as processing and healing the trauma, but if we can do these things, it gives us more energy so that we can continue to process and heal. All right, so next time the herbal discussion will be focused on adaptogens. We may hit a couple of other points, but really I want to spend a little bit of time discussing the different types of adaptogens, right? You have your, your relaxing adaptogens, you have your stimulating adaptogens, and it kind of parallels the polyvagal theory very well, but then there's also things you have to consider about the sympathetic versus the dorsal vagal state and how somebody has gotten into that state, and that can help you to determine which of the herbs will work best for you in those moments. If at any point you have questions, you can always reach out to me, elizabeth at empathiccoaches.com. If you're interested in working with me, I have a membership model for my virtual clients. Go to empathicherbalist.com and look at the consultation information there. And of course, the new book, The Trauma-Informed Herbalist. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we've got the ebook out now. You can go to Amazon and get a copy there or... You can go to traumainformedherbalist.com to get your paperback copy. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.